Hey, 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 welcome to today's wrap-up episode of Series 2 of Fika Drotning. I'm your host, Tini, and if it's your first time tuning in, thank you very much and welcome. Welcome to the Fika Drotning family. And if it's not your first time, you have been with us since Series 1, Episode 1, A huge, huge, huge thank you to you for your support and for your love, for being faithful. I truly, truly appreciate it. And if you have not yet done so, hit that subscribe and follow button so you never miss another episode. And if you really love what we are doing, give us your reviews and ratings on iTunes or Stitcher on or on any digital platform that you are listening us from or or or, or you can simply email to me at contact at fikatrotning.com contact at fikatrotning.com because your reviews your ratings your feedback your suggestions are really really precious to us because they help us not only grow they help us improve our podcast in terms of contents in terms of um, skills so do give us your ratings every feedback is important to us In series 2, we have a brief um, moment where I took you to Sweden in summer, <laughs> if I may say that. Uh, well, we had an episode on how the Swedes celebrated midsummer or midsommar. It has nothing to do with sacrificing people. Mm-hmm. It's just lots of dancing around the maple, uh, schnapps, uh, Swedish strawberries, which we explored a little bit deeper in episode four. I share about one of the greatest things about summer is mute glass or soft serve. Um, we started the series by introducing the Swedish coffee, brick cafe, cool cafe, and the Swedish egg coffee mm. did you give it a go do you try you cannot <laughs> yeah you cannot find it anywhere else not in the konditori you have to do it at home if you want to find out the recipe and how to do it just go on to the blog page www.fikadronin.com click on the button that says recipe and the recipe is there and there's a video uh, that shows how to do the Swedish egg coffee. No, it is not like eggnog. If you prefer coffee that is not so strong, as in, you know, the caffeine level is not that uh, woohoo, but mm, <laughs> then this is the coffee for you. So give it a go. Tell me what you think about it. Well, you you can't say you don't like it just by hearing the name of the coffee. I mean, if you only if you have tried it and if you don't like it then yeah, at least you try, you know, there's something to talk about. You you can't say you don't like it without trying. Elhur. And of course, uh, in episode 5, I took you to Gamla Stan. That place, you know, you have to either set a budget for it or you can splurge. It's entirely up to you because there's lots of things to see. 
lots of souvenir shops and there's lots of cafes there, lots of restaurants. If you're a geek like me, there's a sci-fi bookshop. You know, it sells manga stuff, it sells videos, it sells merchandise of your favourite movies like Harry Potter, Star Wars, what have you. You know, a lot of things is there. And I took you to two more places in episode 7 and 8. Uh, in episode 7, I introduced Freedom's Plan, where this is another cool place to be because there's so many conditories around and you just... You can just choose. <laughs> and that is also where Asian market is. There's two Asian markets. Uh, one is along the road and the other one is at Fleming Gautan. And of course, near Freedom's Plan is Rolam's Hove Sparkin. Mm. Excuse me. Yes, Rolam's Hove Sparkin, which is very vibrant during the summer because lots of things are happening. Picnic, you have exercise, you know, aerobic session. You can go for a cycle there or just enjoy nature. Um, not to forget, episode 6, it's just so happened that uh, 13th July, when we broadcast our podcast, it so happened that that day is also a day that the Swedes celebrate Palt, which is the Swedish potato dumplings. Um, so inside this potato dumplings, you will find yummy meat so it's up to you if you eat pork you can have pork inside if you don't eat pork you can have mutton or beef i have not tried chicken though maybe i should try and see how it tastes like with um chicken feelings i'm not so sure if the um pult council would give a thumbs up if i were to try and put fish meat in the pult Mm, I think that's a big no-no. <laughs> this pulp is really delicious and it's heavy. Let me give you a warning. It is heavy. So it is something that you might want to have during lunch if you're at home, <laughs> not at work. Because let me before that let me let me tell you this: you can have it for either lunch or dinner. Because chances are you are gonna be so filled up, you just wanna fall asleep. It's so good. It's heavy. It's like a complete meal because you you eat pulled with butter and lingonberry on the side, and you need to also have a glass of milk. So it's like a whole package. So. If you're going to have this for breakfast, I don't recommend it. Uh, you will fall asleep. Seriously. I made, uh, uh, I think I managed to, with the recipe uh, that I use or I improvise because it's just me and my youngest son who had that. Uh, we managed to make like four pieces, five pieces, around there, four pieces, I think. And I only had one. And I was so filled up. And then after that, I just went into like a twilight zone or a zombie land. <laughs> I just want to fall asleep. Oh my God. So not for breakfast, preferably for lunch or dinner. Yep, that's pulp day for you. So on that day, everybody's making pulp. So yeah, that's, that's the wrap up for series two. Don't go anywhere because something is special today. Something is happening today as well. We are celebrating a fruit. Grab yourself some watermelon because today is Watermelon Day. Woo! 
according to Wikipedia, watermelon is a plant species in the family Cucurbitaceae. Is that how you pronounce it? Cucurbitaceae. Cucurbitaceae. Yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it. Cucurbitaceae, a vine-like flowering plant which originally domesticated in West Africa and it is highly cultivated fruit worldwide having more than a thousand varieties. And also according to Wikipedia, in the 7th century, watermelons were being cultivated in India and by the 10th century, watermelon had reached China which is today the world's single largest watermelon producer. Wow, interesting. So, how do you pick a good, good watermelon? I remember somebody, you know, the old folks would always give you tips on how to pick a watermelon. You know, first they would look at the watermelon uh, and then they would knock on the watermelon uh, sometimes I do see people shaking the watermelon. I don't know what is it for. Maybe to listen to the uh, amount of water in the watermelon. I don't know. Uh, but if you want to find out how you can pick a good watermelon, this is a website that you can go to. It's www.15spatulas.com on how to pick a superstar watermelon. So let me read for you what are the tips tip number one find the field spot so what is this field spot field spot is where the watermelon was resting on the ground so the field spot should be a yellowish creamy color mm. and it's on the outside of course <laughs> you can't see it on the inside <laughs> okay so according to 15 spatulas the biggest indicator of a good watermelon is looking at the color of the field spot. If it's white, okay, if the field spot is white or it, it doesn't exist, when you look at a watermelon, you turn it around, you go like, hey, there's no field spot. So that means that the watermelon is underripe. So you shouldn't be picking that up. But if the field spot is of uh, dark yellow is good because it goes to show that it was on the vine for a period of time to sweeten up. So highly likely that watermelon is going to be sweet. Tip number two, pick up a dull looking watermelon. So look for the dull ones, not the shiny ones because the shiny melons are Underripe melons, just like how you pick your honeydew melons. So the dull ones are the sweet ones, the I would say the ripe ones. Number three, tip number three, knock on the watermelon. Yep, and if your knuckle bounces off, it's good. The surface should be hard and firm. And if you, if you knock on the watermelon and you hear a dull thud, that means the flesh of the watermelon is soft and it is a good indication that that watermelon is starting to spoil. So don't buy that one. Tip number four, get the heaviest one of its size. Ah, so that's why that old man was picking up and probably shaking it. <laughs> so this applies to everything. Um, 
watermelon, uh, melon. I mean, how big is a melon? A melon is not that big, isn't it? Um, so if you want to pick a watermelon, pick the one that is heaviest for its size. That means there's more water in it. Yeah, watermelons are supposed to be juicy and watery, isn't it? It's not supposed to be dry. So if it's not the heaviest for its size, then put it back down. Okay? <laughs> Tip number five. Check for a uniform shape. So some watermelons are round, some watermelons are oval. Either one is fine. But if you see an irregular bumps or several irregular bumps, um, it, it's not cool, it's not good because it shows that the melon may have gotten inconsistent amount of sun or water. So put it back down. Tip number six, look for sugar spots and pollination spots. I think I was misinformed about this because somebody, or oh, did I mishear it? If you see some kind of like a black spots on the, you know, on the melon, that means it's not good, which, which is wrong. Uh, if you see black spots on the melon, this is where sugar is sipping out, according to 15spatulas.com, which I found it just as I'm telling you now. Go like, oh, so the black spots is good when I see it on a melon. It shows that the sugar is sipping out, which also indicate that the, uh, which also tells us that the melon is a sweet melon. And if you see dots in a line, not a scratch, in a line, these are pollination pot, uh, pots. <laughs> these are pollination points, and the more of them, the better. You know, somebody must have said something that is negative about that. I mean, somebody must have said that don't don't pick that. That that is very bad. In fact, it's the opposite. So now I know. So the next time I buy a watermelon, which is later on, I am going to look for the pollination points and the sugar spots because it's guaranteed that, you know, when you see this, the melons are sweet. That's, that's great, isn't it? So if you want to find out more about uh, how to cut the watermelon, you can also go to 15spatulas.com. That's www.15spatulas.com. Click on it and you will find a lot more information, not just on watermelon. You can see their recipe index, their appetizers, dessert, quick diners. They have a blog about fruits and food. Rice pudding, as I'm seeing right now, roasted pork tenderloin. Wow, this is one excellent website that I would recommend for you to go. So check them out. So that is all that I have for this wrap-up episode of Series 2. If you love this podcast, do share with someone that you love. Share with someone that you know. Share with everybody so more people can find Fika Throtning. And do follow us on our Instagram. That's Fika Throtning underscore podcast. That is F-I-K-A-D-R-O-T-T-N-I-N-G underscore podcast. Do check us out on our blog page. That's www.fikadrotning.com F-I-K-A-D-R-O-T-T-N-I-N-G.com leave us your ratings leave us your reviews contact me you know i would truly truly appreciate it today i am going to leave you as how i usually do remember take a moment to slow down 
appreciate the good things in life. We'll see you in two weeks' time. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited to, well, to start Series 3. So don't go anywhere. See you in two weeks' time. Take care, everybody. Love you so much. Poos Oak Crumb from May. Tinny, hey, doo.